Welcome to the Debt Financial Reset Extreme Execution Podcast, aka Debt Free Podcast, where we help young debt free seeking individuals achieve debt freedom through strategies and tips and interview young successful debt free minorities. I'm your debt free host, Michael Benjamin. Hope y'all feeling blessed. Hope y'all feeling amazing. I hope y'all are feeling great. Welcome to a new episode of the Debt Free Podcast, aka Debt Financial Reset Extreme Execution, where we help debt free seeking individuals pay off their student loan debt quickly. So today I got a special guest today. I got Jacent Wamala. Jacent Wamala is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Las Vegas. She has a private practice that focuses on working with black women on anxiety, depression, and trauma recovery. She's an on-site mental health professional for a local charter school and teaches courses at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas in areas such as personal growth and development, multicultural issues and families, and contemporary couples and families. Jacen recently launched another arm to the wellness practice addressing mental health and money. In three years, she paid off over 90,000 in credit card and student loan debt and saw the link between financial stress and mental health issues for her clients. Her goal is to help individuals and families become aware of the limiting beliefs and fears getting in the way of their financial freedom and empower them to create a plan to reach their goals. In her spare time, she loves to travel and spend time with their family and friends. Never miss a gem by listening to the podcast, Jacent's Gems. Jacent, thank you so much for being on the Debt Free Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm well. I'm really excited about this conversation. You said extreme execution. I love that. (laughs) I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're definitely an, an extreme executor if you eliminated, you know, almost 100,000 in three years. So I definitely appreciate you being on here. Um, I've been seeing some of the stuff that you've been doing on Instagram. So I know you're doing amazing for the community. So, you know, it, I feel blessed to be able to interview you today. And I'm excited for the episode. Yeah, I think it's so important, you know, for young people to be having this conversation for minority populations to be having this conversation shoot Mm -hmm. everybody you know um it's always good but especially in in today's you know current climate of things it's it's more important than ever definitely definitely so i'm gonna be honest um i didn't come up with the title for the episode but i have a feeling there might be you know gems in that in the title but we're, we're, we're gonna see as you drop your gems but um first of all how are you doing i'm just curious you know, I'm in a phase where I'm I'm shifting and transitioning. So I left my nine to five. Um, mm. And one of the reasons why I wanted to be debt free was so that I could live on my own terms. You know what I mean? So mm. thankfully, being coming debt free last summer in May of 2020, and really working to build up the emergency fund so that I can do what I'm doing now, which is full time entrepreneurship. It's been an adjustment. I'm on week going on week four of full time entrepreneurship and really just having to Um, get honest with myself, you know, when all of the excuses are gone, you know, you're left with yourself. So I'm doing a lot of reflecting, I'm doing a lot of resting and, and, you know, resetting my boundaries and whatnot. So after we chat, I'm going to enjoy the rest of my Saturday afternoon. And and I'm really having a great day. What about you? Awesome. Awesome. I'm blessed. Thank you for asking. I'm I'm blessed. Um, You know, it's an honor to have this conversation. I always like having these conversations. Each and every guest that comes, you know, they bring it to the table. So I know that you're not going to hold back. You're going to do what you got to do. And I think it's dope that we're catching you at your transition period. And I mean, I would like to have you again on the podcast just so we could do an update if possible, because I think that'd be dope just to witness um, the growth that you've experienced. Definitely. I'm I'm down every single time. Always yes. <laughs> amazing, amazing, amazing. Uh how was your week though? Any small big wins? Yeah. So I actually just launched um the Profitable Business Builders membership. So I have an online community which I've had since October first of last year, which is called Wealth and Wellness University. And um I just launched this month this monthly membership where people who are wanting to essentially start, grow, scale their businesses, um, we've got our, our our membership mastermind to help them be able to do that. Because I replaced my income from my nine to five the same week that I left that job. So when you do it right, you can really come up with a plan to strategize and be successful right off the bat. So some people feel like, oh, well, I shouldn't expect to make any money, you know, in my entrepreneurial journey or in my business, you know, 
um, right up front. And I'm like, well, that's because if you do, that's because you don't have a plan. That's because you haven't, you know, you haven't outlined how to make that happen. And so it's really in my heart to serve motivated millennials who have an idea. And even if they just want to learn how to get a, a raise at the job that they're at, how to um, go after jobs and interviews and positions at a corporate at, at a corporate business um, with more confidence. So this is for you know career millennials or entrepreneurs to have a safe space because I'm also a therapist, right? A safe space mm-hmm. to um, explore, you know, confidence and doubt and imposter syndrome and come up with the strategies and everything that they need um, to come up with a plan and, and execute, right? Extreme execution mm-hmm. on um, creating the career of their dreams, whatever that might look like for them. So I just launched that yesterday, which was, um, which was really, really fun and well-received. And I'm really looking forward to growing that area and and really just excited. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's happening. Like, this is it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do I keep it going? But yeah. you know, I also have my own coaches and things like that. So it's so nice to be able to, because I'm debt-free, invest in myself without limits. Like, obviously I have a budget, but I can get crazy within the lines of my budget to be able to invest in my wellness, to be able to invest in, in anything that I think is going to help me to grow and, and be of service on this planet. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Amazing. Amazing. First of all, I just want to say congratulations. Um, That is definitely amazing. The fact that you already replaced your income that quickly. I feel like we haven't even gotten into the episode really yet. You're already dropping them gems. So definitely <laughs> appreciate that. I wanted to um, transition. I wanted to, I wanted you to let the audience know who is Jacent. So I read in your bio, you know, you serve Black women. And I think that is very important because I want to say like 90% of my clients are actually um, Black women. So I think you're on the perfect um, space to uh, inspire and motivate my audience. So who is Jacent? Where did you grow up? Give the listeners a little story about yourself. Definitely. So I actually was born in Uganda and I was raised in Las Vegas, right? So I am first generation, third culture. All right. Grew Mm -hmm. up in the States, but you know, in a Ugandan household. So anyone who's first generation, anyone who's third culture already feels me, I know. (laughs) And and so that kind of, um, that kind of paints a little bit of my experience, obviously, for me personally, right, I can't speak for anyone else. But I know, just growing up, always feeling like an oddball out, not feeling like I fit in and just um, not really understanding why, because it's not like anyone was talking <laughs> about what it's like to grow up as a first, um, first generation, third culture kid at the time. So, um, you know, I really kind of try to follow the plan that society says leads to success. You know what I mean? And especially mm-hmm. for anyone who's first generation and third culture, it's not like Americans don't have this same thing, but I feel like I see it more with people that I talk to that are first generation that obviously like there's these standards or these expectations of your performance and your success mm-hmm. that um, can create a lot of pressure and it can create, you know, maybe a some level of, level of perfectionism, um, you know, can make you uh, overthink things, make you doubt yourself, really want to calculate all of your moves. So then you don't really like to maybe take calculated risks because you want to make sure that you do everything right. So um in in my journey growing up you know I tried to do all the things I was quote unquote supposed to and I went to school you know but I didn't go to school for what I probably was supposed to right <laughs> the mm-hmm. traditional careers like doctor lawyer engineer counselor, right um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so I I wanted to go to school I remember I wanted to go to school for I think it was music and theater and then it was like you know African parents like what are you talking about like what what are you what are you gonna do with that you know and so and then I shifted to psychology which wasn't music and theater but it was still like but what are you gonna do with that so Mm -hmm. um so I got my bachelor's in psychology and I still double minored in marriage and family therapy and theater so I had always grown up in the performing arts I did choir I did band I did cheer I did you know um all of that theater. And, and so I wanted to find a career that helped me to still be able to express my creativity while having a nine to five. So I wanted to be an artist, but I didn't want to be like the starving artist. Right. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm, I'm going to make it happen, but I'm going to do it with a plan. So, you know, I don't regret 
for a moment kind of going to school and doing that traditional path, right? Um, Because I think it did give me a lot of experience and a lot of um, good information and and just knowledge that I can use in creativity and artistry and whatnot. Um, But in the process of doing like society's plan, okay, (laughs) life... (laughs) life happened life happened and so I ended up getting married and divorced in grad school oh wow and I was in grad school to become a marriage and family therapist so the level of like shame and guilt (laughs) and like embarrassment that comes along with that you know what I mean and then being African on top of that okay so Mm -hmm. like there's just so many levels and everyone is on a personal growth journey you know what I mean and I say your personal finance journey is a personal growth journey because Mm -hmm. it is going to force you to face certain things and be stretched and and have to you know grow through and heal and address these deep deeper issues and and stuff that comes up. So, you know, that happened. And then a few months later, my father had passed away. My mom passed away when I was five. So, you know, I lost my mom at five and I lost my dad at 24. And it kind of, I call it the grief storm. Like it kind of took me into a tailspin, which I was still productive. Like I was still in grad school. I went to classes. I was seeing clients. I was working, but it was kind of like, I was like a shell, you know, I was just like going through the motions. And so that's when I had accumulated the majority of my debt. And then it wasn't until after the grief storm that I kind of looked up and I was like, whoa, like, how did we get here? So, you know, who am I? A person who really enjoys um, learning more about optimizing this thing called life. Like, I love pushing myself and getting out of my comfort zone. I think my my uncle had, (laughs) he convinced me to buy a manual transmission car before I knew how to drive a manual transmission car like so Mm -hmm. so I've always been the type of person to kind of like take on um challenges and and see what I can do and and see what could happen and so I feel like that just is something that is a a through line in a lot of the different areas of my life that's helped me to to be able to experience some pretty cool stuff so I just love life I love maximizing this experience while we're here because I recognize that it's short I think Brendan Burchard says um, he had he called it mortality motivation because he was in a serious car accident and no one had passed away in that car accident but it was like a wake-up call for him and he calls it mortality mortality motivation I call it you know like a mortality reality check like I lost my mom at Mm. five so life and death got real for me at five like People Mm -hmm. can be here and then they cannot be here. And so um, I just seek to live to the fullest, not recklessly now. Okay. But, Mm -hmm. but how can I just really get the most out of this thing and squeeze it for all that it's worth and add as much value as I possibly can, you know, while I'm here. And, and that's just my mission and my, my goal um, on a daily basis. Now, am I perfect? Heck no. Okay. I got a (laughs) lot that I'm working through, but um, I'm also just, I also seek to just be authentic as much as I possibly can, knowing that I'm imperfect and that, um, I don't have it all figured out, you know, no one does. And it's okay. Like, that's the point of just sense gems. It's okay to be yourself, to be unpolished and show up anyway and, and, and see what happens. That's a fact. I always say done is better than perfect. So I definitely resonate with you in that. But, um, first of all, I just wanted to extend my condolences for your parents that's definitely crazy and i just wanted to say you have amazing energy despite the stuff you've been through um, i've been taking notes on a lot of what you've been saying so to the listeners listening right now i'm sure they're taking notes as well but i just say to say that i'm with them as well so i um, definitely appreciate you letting us in on who you are um i wanted to transition a little bit so this is the debt free podcast free standing for financial reset extreme execution so we're gonna go on a little journey we're gonna go from you having debt hypothetically you don't have no more to execution but i want us to start from the beginning what would you say is your relationship with money i'm just curious about that now or before uh we can do both so before my relationship with money was negligent Mm. i was neglecting 
my money. You know, I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't intentional. I wasn't strategic and it showed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I always say money is an inanimate object. It's green pieces of paper with dead people's faces on it. And it doesn't have a life of its own. It takes on the characteristics of the person that's handling it. So I was aimless. I was, you know, negligent and it showed in my bank account and in, you know, my career. Um, And so that's what my relationship with money used to be. Um, And if I had money in my bank account, like I spent it, you know, like I didn't really have any like savings goals or like um, any monetary goals that were focused and clear. I, I knew I wanted to do well in life. I knew I wanted stability, um, but I didn't necessarily have a plan or execute on a plan. Now my relationship with money, I guess my relationship with money is evolving. It's constantly evolving. I definitely am not negligent anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm intentional. I'm focused. And my relationship with it is understanding um, that it can be used as a tool and that I can motivate it, right? I, I, I'm great with money now, but it's because my mindset has gone from scarcity to abundance, I guess. So mm. my relationship with money now is, is understanding that our true nature is abundance and prosperity. And as long as we find ways to go back to that space holistically, not just with the money, um, that it will easily flow into your life all financially, just like in every other realm, um, things will go through seasons ups and downs but that um it's possible to have a healthy relationship with money so you know people say the root of all evil is money but it's the love of money so i don't love money i love what money can do for me i love that Mm. with money i can you know um take as much time off as i want you know whenever i get pregnant like we're already set up for that process you know Mm -hmm. that with money i can travel across the world, go back to Uganda, like that I can um, send money to organizations that I, that I really want to support. And so um, I don't love money. I love what it can do. And I love helping people understand how to get in control and have that same experience and relationship with their money. So yeah, before it was negligent. And I guess I was maybe like, I don't know, I wasn't even thinking about it. Like I wasn't scared of it or anything like that. I just wasn't thinking about it. But now I'm I enjoy my relationship with money because it's my relationship with, with God. It's my relationship with myself Mm. and with other people. And, and um, while things are not necessarily always perfect, it's like, I understand that these things are being worked out and that we, as long as I stay focused and aligned, then everything else will follow suit. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I always like to ask guests what their relationship (laughs) with money is because I think it's important that we understand that because the fact that you paid off, 90,000 in three years. Um, that's not, you know, something that people do every day. So if we can get into your mind about it, that'd be um, definitely dope. Um, are you on Clubhouse? I've been having conversations about Clubhouse on that too. You know what Clubhouse is, right? Or no? Yes, I'm on Clubhouse. It's a good time. Uh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you got to yeah, get just, connected. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, we'll, we'll tap in. But um, I'm curious, what does debt mean to you? What does debt mean to me? Yeah. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Debt equals delay. You know what I mean? Debt equals Mm. delay because there's people who literally aren't able to make progress in certain areas of their life because of debt. Like, I've talked to people who aren't dating, not because anyone told them they can't date without debt, but because they have this mental block or there's guilt or shame or embarrassment around how much debt that they're in and not feeling like someone would want to be with them or how do they have this conversation how are they ever going to get married how do you buy a house you some people can't buy a house because they have to get some of their debt in in um in line so to me debt equals delay and Mm. um when you get it out of the way then you can kind of move along in the line so i always say you know like when you're going to an amusement park before the world was wild um (laughs) that you you know you go to the amusement park you see it from the outside all of these roller coasters and it's exciting as you're pulling up right and Mm -hmm. then you get out of the car and then you realize like oh my gosh this line is crazy Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. that's what i feel like having debt is you're outside of the amusement park and you're stuck in line and you're like waiting (laughs) waiting to get on the inside because on the other side is financial 
independence, financial wholeness, financial well-being and freedom, right? And so to mm-hmm. me, debt equals delay because it's keeping you on the outside of the life that you see for yourself in your mind. So if you can pay, right? If you can pay your ticket, which is whatever your debt is, even if it's getting your utilization down. I hate debt 100%. So I don't mm-hmm. I'm personally debt free. <laughs> My business is debt free. I don't want to pay. I don't want to have a loan on a house. Okay. I don't even, I, that's how much I hate debt. But if you can pay off all of your debt or if you can get your debt down, right, to where it's not delaying you as much, then you go into the amusement park and mm-hmm. you get to have all the fun. And there's churros and there's turkey legs and there's funnel cake. <laughs> but it's also right. not fun to be at an amusement park alone. And so that's why I think, like, I, I appreciate you for creating space to have these conversations because. Whoever has gone to a, an amusement park by themselves, Beyonce probably could rent out an amusement park, but she's not going by herself. She's taking her mm-hmm. kids, she's taking her friends, she's taking her family, and so that's why we have to keep having these conversations. Because once people get closer and closer to paying off their ticket, right, their debt freedom or or mm-hmm. their utilization down, then the more of us that get in the amusement park can essentially help the people that are outside the amusement park get in. That's a fact. And I love that you said that the analogy with being outside of the amusement park, because I think sometimes it just comes down to the fact that you don't know what you don't know. So some people don't even think about it like that. I never even thought about it like that. You know, so I think that's um, definitely dope. So let's get specific. How did you feel about student loan debt in particular? Yeah. So the student loan debt, you know, I I only had very little from undergraduate um, that was, that was like barely nothing. Right. But even before I went to grad school, I didn't have a lot of student loan debt as an undergrad, because I was like, if I go to grad school, which was a part of my plan to some extent, I was like, then I need to save the student loans for grad school. So even then that was like disordered thinking with money. Mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking like, how do I get, um, grad school paid for? How do I get paid to go to grad school? There are people who literally get paid to go to school. The funny thing is, I got paid because I would get money back with all of my grants in undergrad. But some for some reason, I didn't translate translate that into grad school. So I expected to have to take out loans in grad school because that's the narrative of our society. Mm. But there are ways that you can get grad school funded and profit while you're in grad school. So um, it was grad school that did me in. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, it was grad school that did me in. And I was in state. Like, I went to my local university and I took out money that, you know, I didn't necessarily, I needed to, I should have figured out another way to do it. Now, do I regret getting my degree? No. But there was definitely other ways to have made that happen. So, yeah, I had definitely some disordered thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, what would you say was your why? for paying off the student loan debt or just all the debt in general? So, you know, um, my mentor, Anthony O'Neill, like he always says, if your why doesn't make you cry, then it's not deep enough. And that Mm. you have to take time to sit with yourself to continue to ask that question. Because sometimes we ask why and it's like fluffy and surface level. But we need to go dig deeper to understand really where is that root of it at so that you understand. Like if I really started talking about it, I would start crying right now. Mm. But my why is just this deep inner voice that says you have to you have to make something happen in this lifetime. You have to do, you know, beyond what people have done for you because I'm from Africa. I'm, I was born in Uganda, raised in the States. And so I've literally had family that left their country of origin in order for me to have different opportunities. I could have grown up in the village straight chilling. I wouldn't have been mad about it. Okay. Eating fresh, working the land, whatever, you know, but <laughs> I had, I had people in my life, my parents and other family members who made certain decisions with me in mind. I assume, right? And who would I be not to take that and run with it? Like, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, hmm, I'm not saying not being ambitious or something is wrong, but for each person, 
you have to figure out what your, you know, full potential life looks like. I happen to be a person that is like wildly ambitious, right? I'm not mm-hmm. telling anyone to do what I'm doing, but my why is that they've gotten the gotten me to this place and now it's on me to do things for the people that come after me. So honor and legacy are my why. To honor the people that came before me, my parents, my judja, my, you know, everybody. And then also for my nieces and nephew and for my kids that I don't even have yet, right? When I was getting out of debt, I wasn't married. I didn't have my bonus kid that I have now, but it was how can I prepare myself as best as possible to go into, if God blesses me with a husband and children, right? Um, in that situation, you know, as best as possible. And then reminding me, myself of that on a regular basis, because it's one thing to think it and know it, but it's another to, to stay focused and, you know, carry out the extreme execution for three years straight. Okay. Cause it was difficult, mm. but mm. Um, so yeah, my why really it came down to um, my family and just what people have done for me and also what I want to do for the world, like my family in the world. And then because I'm also kind of borderline bougie. So I legit <laughs> like, I want to be in Bali. Like I'm trying, I was supposed to be living my best life last year, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> so I'm borderline bougie. And I like to have nice things. I like to do nice things. And I want to be able to to do that without like guilt or shame or have to say no, you know, because of my finances. I love that. I love that. I know a lot of people are going to get value from that, especially the bougie aspect, because I feel like people think that when you're debt free, you're just a stickler. You don't have fun or nothing like that. But um, yeah, that's definitely important. So we spoke about 90K that was paid off in three years, but it was credit card debt as well as student loan debt. What was the split? So it was, I think it was like 60 something of student loan. And mm-hmm. then it was like 20 some, no, 60, 20, 30, and then interest, man, that interest. And then like yeah. 20 something of of credit card. So it was more student loan than credit card debt. And honestly, the credit card debt, like my credit card debt doubled. I got a Southwest card and within a year, somehow, I, I believe I'm, I'm pretty sure I like doubled my credit card debt, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and I had had one credit card for a long time. And then when I got the other one, cause I was like, Oh yeah, the points, blah, blah, blah. And, um, yeah, that was a hot mess. So, <laughs> so the credit cards was about 20 something. The student loans was about 60 something. Okay. Good, good, good. We love a queen that executes. So a lot of people might look at it on the surface, you know, just sent, she'd been answering the questions perfectly. She just got everything made. What kind of challenges did you experience during your journey? Oh yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, it's not easy to, to see your friends going out of town when life was normal and hanging out and, you know, like doing stuff without you. I mean, I was in my mid to late twenties in Vegas. So everybody's, everybody's at Encore Beach Club and here I am like going to work, you know? So it was hard to say, I, I don't know how hard it was. I had FOMO. Um, watching other people just do stuff that's fun right now and have to tell myself you're not having fun necessarily right now so that you can have so much more fun later. So it was really tough constantly on a regular basis to tell people no, to not go to certain things, to, um, you know, practice the discipline um, on a day in and day out basis um, and, and not give up. Cause I definitely felt like giving up, you know, like I was tired. Mm. I was sleepy. <laughs> um, there was a point that I was really like, maybe I'll just stop. I think I had like 30 K left or something. And I was like, everybody has like $30,000 in debt. Like oh, man. it's okay. If you just stop now and slow down, just slow down. It's fine. Take it easy. And I'm like, what? You know, it's like, <laughs> I was like a year out, I think of finishing my, my, my goal. And so um, practicing a level of self-awareness, that helps you to not give in to that, that little, you know, that little angel and devil, that devil on your shoulder. That's like, it's fine. You know, wow, look, you've increased your income. So that means you can make it back. So you might as well just go buy a purse, like buy a plane ticket. So there's always like these little voices that come in your mind. Um, as far as like trying to distract you and Mm -hmm. I'm not exempt from that. I got into a car accident and if I would have gotten to a car accident, 
without being on my debt-free journey, I don't know how I would have handled that situation and where the money would have come from because I was negligent of my money. So I didn't have an emergency fund and I didn't have, you know, um, any savings, but because I was on my debt-free journey, right. I had my starter emergency fund of a thousand dollars. Everyone can have whatever emergency fund they like. Mm -hmm. I had a starter emergency fund of a thousand dollars. And when I got in the accident, it was like, I experienced less stress because I knew that certain things were already taken care of and covered, you know? So I Mm. think that, um, life is always going to show up with some things for you to deal with. (laughs) But whenever things showed up on my debt-free journey, I just felt so much more grateful that I was on it because I was like, oh my God, like what would have happened if I was still negligent? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. That's very, very powerful. So, I mean, uh, transitioning, I like to say that people are addicted to overthinking. (laughs) And they are allergic to execution. So this is my execution transition. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, what is something you wished all aspiring debt-free individuals knew? I'm writing this down. You said addicted to overthinking. And allergic, allergic to execution. Hello to execution. <laughs> I need to, hey, okay. I need to be <laughs> allergic to overthinking. All right. All right. Yeah. So I wrote that down. Tell me the question again. Sorry. You, you're the one dropping gems. This is, this is Michael's. Hey, no, 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 no. Anyone to come on the show, you know, they're the star. You're the star, you know, everyone go check out Jason's gems podcast. Um, dope podcast. But, um, my question was, I basically say that people are addicted to overthinking and they're allergic to execution. So I wanted to know, what do you think is, uh, what's something you wished that all aspiring debt-free individuals knew? Woo, that's a serious little, little tidbit right there. I guess I would want them to know, like, your effort's not in vain. You know what I mean? Like, back to mm. the, back to the um, amusement park analogy, it's, it's better than you think on the inside of the amusement park, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> These are the best churros. Like, I don't even eat meat, but this is the best turkey leg. Like, you know, (laughs) you putting in this work is well worth it. And it is going to continually, when I say continually, continually be something that you pat yourself on the back for, that you are proud of yourself and glad you did when you get to the other side. Like, if you're discouraged, send me a DM. I got you. Like, I I will Mm -hmm. hype you up, you know, because... Um, you're taking on something that so few people actually can do. So if you can do that, right, then what else, what else can you do? Right. You know, like you are removing mm-hmm. roadblocks in so many different ways. If you can practice discipline and consistency, you're honing new skills. That means the world is your oyster. Then you're going to have money when you don't have debt. Guess what you have money. So then you can do whatever it is you please, whatever business idea, nonprofit, church, family member you want to support or whatever. It's going to be so much easier to do all the things that you envision in your dream life once you cross that finish line. And I am so passionate when I say everyone deserves to feel this feeling like everyone deserves to be in this place because we come into the world debt free. We come into the world in abundance and prosperity and joy. It's that we come away from it and it's our birthright to be independent and free and do whatever we want. And so Mm -hmm. I would just say the amusement park is better than you could have ever imagined. And Mm. we're waiting on the inside to welcome you. If you need a cheerleader, I got you. (laughs) I've been been sending people DMs daily like, yes, keep going. Like, I will literally scream when people tell me they're making progress or they're debt free. Like, it's like I'm experiencing it all over again. And every single day I'm excited like it just happened yesterday. And the, the, the snowball, it rolls in the opposite direction when you're debt free. I started 2020 in five figures worth of debt. Was it five or was it? I think I did. No, I think I did five figures worth of debt. And I ended 2020 with five figures in my bank account. So it's, get quick. It. it's a quick turnaround. Once you get that yeah. snowball rolling um, yeah. to see how you can build generational wealth. So that's what I would say. It's so much better on the inside of the amusement park than outside in the line, hot, sweat, whatever. Come on in, mm-hmm. pay it off, pay, pay your price and come inside. Amazing, amazing. The amusement park is better on the inside. And you also said something that was really, really key. 
So you mentioned discipline and consistency. So I had someone that DM'd me about a past episode and they said they felt like it was scripted. Like I talked to the person and told them what to say. But I like I tell everybody, if you see a consistency between me and the guest, it just means, you know, it's a fact. I don't, we don't talk behind the scenes before the episode. So when you said discipline and consistency, I always mention um, the three tools I tell my clients to use is discipline, consistency, and um, effort. So I really love that you said that. But obviously, you know, we didn't we didn't practice any. We did not. <laughs> this is authentic. This is, this is not a reality podcast where it's like yeah. scripted or whatever. We did not plan what we were going to talk about. And you know what's funny is that um, that happens when I'm podcasting that someone will say something and I'm like, you guys, I didn't even tell her to say that. But this is what I'm always telling you. So, you know, to be all like in full honesty and transparent, like. I feel like when that happens for someone on the other end, if they're like, you know what, this seems like it's scripted, like how is it that they're just saying all the right things or whatnot? To me, that means that's something that they're having a hard time addressing. And I can't be Mm -hmm. anything but honest with people at this point. So sometimes people be feeling like I'm dragging them or us, you know what I mean? But it is what it Mm -hmm. is. If that's mm-hmm. something, if you're hearing something and you're recognizing a pattern and for some reason you're trying to figure out like, hmm, like what's going on here, right? That's a resistance yeah. within ourselves because that's something that we're discipline and consistency. Listen, every day I'm still working. Mm-hmm. On it, okay. Not perfect, but, but making effort to try to practice it better and better on a daily basis. So yeah, this wasn't scripted. These are just the principles. Like it's not like, there's no... <laughs> there's no there's no um trick and what's crazy is you talked about clubhouse um I was in a room and I was talking to you know whoever and I said you know for people who are honestly I think it was like seven eight and nine figure people in the room so they said I said you know what (laughs) is what is the one thing you wish you would have known and what one person said was like it works like it's real manifestation Mm -hmm you know, asking for what you want, asking you shall receive. She was like, that's real. Like, write down what you want. Like, be clear and work toward it. It's real. It works. So when we're saying discipline, consistency, effort, it's real. There is nothing else. That's how you learn how to walk. That's how you learn how to eat. Like, repetition is maybe the only other, that, but that is what consistency is, is repetition. You learn from doing the same thing over and over and over again (laughs) period and if you can apply that to reading books and learning how to pay off your debt increasing your income you know designing the life of your dreams whatever like the principles are very plain but it's difficult to execute them because most people are trying to do it by themselves um in isolation and then they can't get around their roadblocks so so yeah definitely not scripted yeah yeah, thanks for um, <laughs> backing me up on that. But, um, you know, I guess people are going to believe what they want to believe. Hopefully they understand by now. But um, I guess the golden question that everyone wants to know, uh, we talked about it throughout the episode, but asking you directly, how did you pay off your 90K debt in three years? Yeah. So if you have not been taking notes up to this point, I guess you're just going to have to go back and listen to this podcast episode again. OK, <laughs> um, and that's fine. Uh, so, so yes, how I paid off the debt, let's go down memory lane. My cousin gave me the book, The Smart Money Woman by, I cannot say her name. She's Nigerian. Great book. Absolutely love the book. The Smart Money Woman, Agarasi Uju. I don't know. I think that might be her name. Um, and it was The Smart Money Woman. In one of the ends of the chapters, she has you calculate your net worth. So I was reading the book January. It's actually four years ago that this, this is happening. Um, four years ago, I was reading the book. She says, calculate your net worth. I write it down on a piece of paper, right? And it's negative $70,000. Mm. And I'm like, bruh. how did we get here because you know what usually your credit card is separate in a separate place than your bank account than your student loans than your car note right all of your accounts are separate so you never if you're not being um mindful and managing your money well you never see what all of the amounts are together how many people calculate their net worth on a regular basis i was like net worth beyonce has a net worth mark cuban has a net worth me i have one of those things so that was the first time i calculated my net worth and it was negative 
a lot of money. And I was like, huh, this is not fun. I don't like how this feels. Okay. (laughs) On a very simple basis. I did not like how it feels. Some people look at their debt and it does nothing. Like they are not phased. I was phased. (laughs) (laughs) I was phased to the max and I never wanted to be in debt in the first place. I knew it wasn't a good idea, but I just didn't have a solid plan to avoid, you know, falling into the trap. So, um, when I realized that I was in that much debt, I said, all right, what are we going to do about this? Like we've got, we're in a fork in the road. Like we can keep going down the path that we're going, or we can try doing something different. I already knew the path that I was on was not (laughs) yielding me great results. It didn't feel good. I wasn't liking it. And to be transparent, I think it was 2016. I had a master's degree and I made $17,800. I had a master's degree. And I was just above poverty level. So that was like, hmm, how did we get here? (laughs) So, and that was because I was aimless. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't focused in like, what am I doing with my work? And like all of the same principles cross over into everything. So I was like, okay, we need to pay off this debt. When would it be nice to pay off the debt? I'm telling you, it's this casual of a conversation I'm having with myself. Let's pay it off. Like, it would be cool to be, you know, debt-free by the time I'm 30. That would be nice, you know? And then I could spend the next 30 to 50 years, like, building wealth and living my best life. Like, three years, that's not too bad. So I was 26 in the beginning of 2017. Um, and, and I told you I was not making a lot of money, okay? So I didn't make enough money to pay my debt off in three years. What mm-hmm. I did was um, I said, $70,000 divided by three, divide that by 12. That gave me the amount I had to pay on my debt by the time I was 30. Simple as that. Then I was like, huh, look at the money. Now I got to start looking at the money. I started budgeting in March, 2017. And I was only paying maybe like four or $500 a month on my minimums on all of my, my debts. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I started going to town to find work that was going to pay me enough to pay down my debt, if that makes sense. So I was working part-time in my private practice. I was working part-time at the university and I literally manifested and had to envision what job or what position is going to help me to be able to pay this debt off, make myself open. I prayed about it. I started writing every single day. Um, and I started applying for jobs, right? Jobs that I didn't think I was qualified for. Um, you know, things that had the, the money amount and the schedule I needed to help me pay this debt off. Okay. And then I started going on interviews and people were like trying to hire me. And I'm like, Whoa, this is crazy. And then I was turning them down. Cause I was like, they're not perfect. Something in my spirit was like, this isn't the one I'm like, no, hold out. Right. I didn't have mm-hmm. something lined up just yet. So then I held out and I did find a position, which was the, the right schedule with the right income. And it was probably September or October that I started that job of 2017. So then I think it was, must've been November of 2017. I started putting some heavy hitter payments on my debt. Now, mind you in the process of not having um, the right job, right. I was still paying all the minimums. I started um, scaling back my lifestyle and, you know, learning more about like minimalism. And I already, you know, I'm not a huge fan of necessarily like stuff. I like experiences. And Mm. so I sold all the things around my house that I didn't need, right? Big and small Mm -hmm. candle holders, $10, that's gone. Uh, I sold my dining room table, boom, that was a few hundred dollars. And then my best friend, um, let me was gracious enough to let me move in with her, which lowered the cost of my rent because I was living by myself and, um, moving in with her made it easier to, to put the bigger payments on my, my debt. So what I was doing before I got the job that would help me pay off the debt was preparing, coming up with a plan, um, getting my mindset in the right place, committing myself to the journey selling all the things except for the dog, like Dave Ramsey says. Um, and yeah, like people were like, Jacen, are you okay? Like, cause for a minute, I think it must've been at least maybe like a month. I just didn't have a couch and I was just happy as can be like, we going to sit on the floor. Like what, <laughs> or I'm coming to your house. You ain't got to come over here. But, um, you know, I really, and that's why I see your personal finance journey is a personal growth journey. I'm not telling anyone else that this is what they have to do. This is my journey. 
And this is what I chose to do. And this is what I felt like I had to do. Um, but you're going to have to figure out what works for you and yours. So um, me paying off my debt, that's what it looked like. I moved in with her, got the job, was working seven days a week for the most part, writing every day, praying every day, um, my head down, just going to work. And I did not like the job I was at. I loved the kids. I didn't really love the environment or, you know, necessarily like everyone that I worked with. So I wanted to drive past my job most times, but I knew I had to go in. And the days that I would do my scripting and my writing, when I say, I'm so glad to be alive today, I'm grateful for my skills and how I can use them to serve my community. When I would go to work after writing that, the day would go so much smoother than, you know, some of the days when I would forget. Sometimes I wasn't 100% of the time. Some days I would forget to write. But those days that I forgot to write, oh, baby, they were a doozy, okay? Like, I was just struggling on those days. And it seems like such a small thing. Like, oh, okay, just write about nice things happening in your life. I'm dead serious when I say it transformed my mindset and the way that I walked in the world and handled things. So um, I was at that job until December 2018. I started a nonprofit with my cousin during all of this craziness, right? And we were supposed to go to Uganda for our first trip. The job, I told them, hey, like, I need to go to Uganda, probably going to be gone, like, three weeks to a month, like, I need this time off, okay? But it was the county, so they're really strict about, like, if you haven't been here for X amount of time, like, you only have this much time off, blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, deuces. So I quit that job and uh, stepped out on faith, went to Uganda for our first trip, which was a huge success for about three weeks, came back and was like, ooh, okay, how am I going to finish paying off this debt? Because I just cut out a whole bunch of money. Um, But at that point, I had grown my confidence so much, and I knew that I was a skill and an asset because I tripled my income in 2017, essentially, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And, and, I knew I was such a skill and an asset. I I was so spiritually fortified that I was like, God is going to make a way. Like if God has it in my story, then that's, then it's going to, it's going to be fine. So I quit my job, went, came back from Uganda. It was so nice. And, um, had to figure out how I was going to make up for that money. Again, I did my calculation. Where am I at now? Divided that by the time I had left. And then I was like, this is the amount of money I'm missing. The sticky note that I wrote down. Okay. I think it was like 4000 something dollars that I needed to make a month in order to finish paying off my debt. I think it says um, 4000 something dollars for 10 months, 11 months or something like that. I wrote that down on the sticky note and I was like, all right, I need to find something that's going to increase my income by this much. I got a job, another job at a school as their on-site mental health professional. And at the time, it was like the exact amount that I needed to make up to Mm. pay off my debt on time. So when I say it's a personal, spiritual, emotional, all the things, you know, journey, Mm -hmm. for me, that's what it was. I can't speak on no one else's life. But for me, that's what it was. It really forced me to rely on on my angels and my my, you know, my source who I believe is is constantly guiding me and and pulling me toward my purpose. So um, I worked like there's no there's no shortcuts. I made a post the other day. I was like, stop looking for shortcuts and you'll find them. The shortcut is discipline. Like the shortcut is putting in the work. That's because honestly, I got out of debt in three years by doing that when if I tried to look for shortcuts, I could still be in debt right now. You know what yep. I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's how it happened. That's how I paid off my debt. <laughs> I went to work a lot, <laughs> but I had some fun side gigs. I was a PA for Hell's Kitchen one summer. So on the days oh, off wow. I had, I was like doing other fun side gigs, like pick side gigs that you want to enjoy. If you like Ubering and want to have fun conversations, have a fun Uber situation or whatever. But if you want to do Postmates, do Postmates with your best friend. And that could be your drive and hang time or something. But um, it doesn't have to be like humming, drumming sad when you're on your debt free journey. It's amazing, man. That's amazing. So you said you said a lot. I hope it didn't go over people's heads. That's um, why I said they was gonna have to listen to it again. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is gonna have like double the double the listens. Yeah. <laughs> Three, four times. But um I hope people don't fall into analysis paralysis. Just execute one thing at a time. Yes. That just sent said, but um a theme that I noticed, and you said it before, was the relationship between personal growth, personal development, and the financial journey. And that also happens to be um, something that I say as well, because I always say that how you do anything 
is how you do everything. Would you um, kind of affirm that in terms of the personal growth that related to the financial journey? 100%. I say your bank account won't grow until you do. Mm. So that now, obviously, there are circumstances in the world, right? People are unemployed. There's a lot going on, but it doesn't that does. That's not the part that matters when mm-hmm. you learn how to manage your money, which is going to require the discipline and consistency and the effort. Right. Mm-hmm. Over time, you're going to see the results. It is a sure fire equation like there's no there's no getting around it right so to me you know your personal finance journey is a personal growth journey and your bank account won't grow until you do and your bank account will grow at the rate that you do that's amazing man i love that i love that real thousand down that's amazing so obviously i get the energy from you i'm pretty sure everyone listening does that you are in fact someone that executes what would you say was the hardest thing to actually execute during your journey? Hmm. Hardest thing to execute. Self-care. You know, mm. I had to, and that's a constant thing, um, making sure that you take care of yourself in the process and, you know, do all of the adulting type things. Like, are you sleeping and drinking enough water and <laughs> all that stuff? Like, because mm-hmm. I was working quite a bit. So um, self-care was one of those things. Honestly, I don't think I rely. I don't think I tapped into my network and my support enough. So oh. for me, it was quite isolating. Um, and, and that was my own doing. So I'm recognizing now, like after the fact, like I, I could have been better at relying on my, my support system, not necessarily financially, but I could have, I could have had more authentic conversations with some of my friends. I could have, um, you know, um, asked for help, you know, in certain ways, you know, if I'm having a rough day, I could have called somebody and said, Hey, I'm struggling. Like, can you chat with me? So Mm -hmm. I did a lot. I did my journey by myself and I would never, I would never advise anyone to do that because it was rough and it was hard and, um, and it can create wear and tear on your relationships too. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, I think that's what I would say. That is definitely huge. I love that um, vulnerability. So I appreciate you sharing that. Um, what do you think is a common misconception that people that are in debt have a, that holds them back from actually paying off their debt? A common misconception is that they can't do it. You know, a common misconception is that it's impossible and it's not impossible. Um, it is impossible if you if you try to do it by yourself when you don't have the right mindset. That's impossible. Mm-hmm. But it's possible when you get tapped in with the right people and support. Now, people and support. I was listening to the Ramsey podcast daily. You know what I mean? Like I listened to Anthony O'Neill's podcast mm-hmm. um, and that came out right when I was about to quit paying off the debt. I was like, we're wow. going to quit. We're going to start traveling. And then the um, Borrowed Future podcast came out and I was like, never mind. Um, and so, you know, it could be free YouTube videos that you listen to daily. It could be, um, you know, uh, making sure that you're going to church every week or practicing whatever your spiritual beliefs are on a regular basis. So support doesn't have to mean, you know, um, joining a membership or a course or a community or something like that, which I do highly encourage in some way, shape or form, or find your tribe, whatever your tribe is. It might be, you know, someone on Instagram that you really feel inspired by. But um, I would say that, yeah, the most common misconception is that like oh well I'm just gonna die with this debt so might as well just like leave it alone and live my life anyway or whatever um because it's impossible and that's not true yeah and I love that you said you know it could be free YouTube videos and stuff because it's a lot of these people out here that are my distant mentors you know they don't even know I exist (laughs) you know so I think that is um, definitely key. I'm sure you have a lot of um, mentees that you possibly don't even know about as you're doing all your stuff on social media. So I hope people are tapping into that. Um, people listening right now, I hope you are definitely tapping into that. So yeah, that's definitely key. You turn into what you tune into. So the fact that you're able to tune into the podcast really helped you with that financial reset. And then ultimately, you were able to pick yourself up and execute at an extreme level. So that is definitely amazing. Okay. Um, I want to transition now. So we're about to, 
we're got we're gonna be closing the episode soon. I just wanted to know what's next for Jacent. Let's talk five years from now. Five years from now. Hello, multi-millionaire <laughs> status. Amen. I got some I have oh, some real estate properties. Yep. My business is thriving. I've probably got a couple of kids. Um, and I'm just doing my best to continue to serve and support anyone who feels like I'm the person that they need that support from. And that's, that's where I see myself in five years from now, just really living in my purpose and it being reflected in the impact I'm having on those who are around me and in my bank account. Mm, amazing, amazing, amazing. All righty. So we're going to transition to the financial round. I'm basically just going to ask you for quick questions um nothing's here to trick you Uh oh see this is scripted y'all i didn't know he was doing this (laughs) (laughs) are you ready yes all right number one what do you do for fun when you're not choking out student loan debt credit card debt all of that debt i'm probably watching like netflix or hulu (laughs) or eating out or something like that (laughs) okay i see i see any any um dope shows you've seen lately on netflix and hulu you gonna out me right now, boy. I mean, I'm. Oh gosh, <laughs> I just finished watching the originals. So I watched Vampire Diaries, then I watched the originals, and now I'm watching Legacies. So yeah, not really, you know, anything pivotal. But I hear Bridgerton is good, and that's probably what I'm gonna watch next. Okay, dope, dope, dope. All right, number two. What is your favorite money resource, and why? It could be a podcast, book, anything. My favorite money resource is Instagram. Because mm. you can type in hashtags and find people. Like I typed in Black Girl Budget, and then there was a girl whose page is called Black Girl Budget. She's in Florida. She's also my soror. I was like, yes. So I really do enjoy being able to connect with people purposefully on social media. Instagram is where it's after me. That's amazing. Is she debt free? She's on her debt free journey. You should invite her on your show too. Hey, I, you know it's on record now. She tap in with me. <laughs> but um, all right, number three. What habit can you attribute to your success as someone that is debt-free? Oh, I am relentless. That's what it is. Mm. <laughs> I'm relentless. <laughs> that was a no-brainer. <laughs> Answer that real quick. <laughs> okay, I love that. The final question, number four, um, probably the most important question. If you could change, when I say change, it doesn't necessarily mean negative context. If you could change one thing about the Black community, what would it be and why? I would change the mindset that Western culture has, like that has been adopted, like the mindset we've adopted from Western culture, because I'm, I'm from Uganda, right? I'm African. And so Mm -hmm. we come from collectivity originally. So um, we are collective in a lot of ways, I think the black community, but I think there's so many ways that we separate and isolate as far as not seeking support or asking questions and getting help. So I would say that's the one thing I would change is that mindset, turning more into collectivity, more wholesome collectivity than um, like the rugged individualism um, of Western society. That's huge. That's definitely that's definitely key. And I know a lot of people resonate with you. I definitely feel you on that. Um, before we move forward to the final question, I just would like to open the space for you to discuss if you want. Is there a question that people do not ask you when you're being a guest on a pack, podcast that you'd want to discuss right now? Is there a question people don't ask me? Wow. I don't know. I don't think so. I, not that I can okay. think of at least, but that's a good question. I'm like, huh? Now I'm like getting my wheels turning. I don't think so. I don't think there's a question that I can remember right now in this moment. Don't ask me, but watch when we get off of here, I'm gonna be like, bing, it's going to come to me. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So can you give us a final, a final financial nugget, please? Yeah. So, you know, your journey and your story is intricately tied to the success of other people's stories and their journeys. That includes your finances. So as you transform yourself and you transform your finances from the inside out, people around you are going to be able to watch and see you and learn from your story. Like you said, there's people that don't even, that I don't know who maybe are watching me and seeing what I'm doing. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful for that opportunity. There's people who are watching you and looking at what you're doing and are going to learn and grow from it. And they don't even know they're waiting on you to, to follow through in your journey so that they can follow through in theirs. So I would just, you know, um, challenge or charge anyone to recognize the reality of their story's significance in other people's lives. 
It's amazing. Final financial nugget. <laughs> um, thank you so much for your time, Jacent. I know people are going to get value from this uh, when they listen to it three, four, six, 20 times. Um, how can we get in contact with you? Yes. So I'm most active on Instagram. So find me at Jacent Gems. That's J A C E N T G E M S. Jacent Gems. And that's the same name of the podcast available wherever podcasts are shared so yeah when you come to my internet home don't be disrespectful and not say hi to me if i don't say hi to you first is because instagram is a hater so i'll probably slide in your dms before you do me um but yeah let's connect genuinely and and just have a conversation and i look forward to connecting amazing amazing and thank you thank you thank you thank you so much for having me amazing amazing um yeah make sure y'all tap in with just sent with that being said y'all Have a blessed one. Thanks for listening to the Debt Free Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode and got something new that you can apply to be closer to being debt free. If you enjoyed the episode, why don't you leave us a review, share it with a friend, and you can follow us on Instagram at Debt Free Podcast. Hope to hear from you soon, and I hope you're closer to being debt free after each and every episode. Talk to you soon.